A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area. And for you warm weather folks, an office also down in Bradenton, Florida, you can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com to listen to past episodes of the show, find all the apps that we're on and places you can subscribe and more information about Scott and the business. Scott, good to be with you this week, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Walter. How about yourself? You know, just living the uh, the summertime life now. Uh, been you know nice and pretty warm lately. Working on a lot of outdoor projects, spread mulch. I totally botched my own aerating and seeding to end the spring, though. I tried oh. it on my own for the first time. Oh, I, I think what happened was something jammed into the aerator, and I was and and it caused the wheels to stop moving, but it was so light. That and you know the tractor was just more pow- so powerful. I didn't really notice, and I think right. what happened is I maybe just dragged the thing around for a little while before I recognized <laughs> what was happening. And about and in the moment I didn't feel like I'd messed anything up, but then two days later, all the grass was dead in streaks all across the yard. Oh, so like man. and and clearly separated by the distance of the two wheels. So I think right. the friction maybe of just dragging this thing around the yard, I have now just have in amongst nice luscious green grass from the parts that didn't die are these tire tracks that are just all through the backyard of yellow grass. So totally nice. botched the uh, first attempt at aerating and seeding my own yard. So yeah, I'm, re- I'm a real proud homeowner right now. <laughs> you know, I, I've, uh, I've made it my mission this year too. I, I fired my uh, fertilizer people. And I've been doing it myself uh, this year, and uh, it's better. It's more work, though, but my yard looks better than when I had other people doing it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that tells you something right there. You must be yeah. picking out better seed or something like that, maybe. Yeah, I think just the fertilizer's better. Or I'm paying more attention to it. You know, might be watering it a little bit more than yeah. I, I did before. So well, I'm hoping all the seed that I then put down will replace the grass that I eviscerated from the face of the earth by dragging the wheels around a little bit. So it will, it's just going to take some time. It'll take, take a little time, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get there in a couple of weeks. I'll start noticing that if I see some stuff coming up in the monks, the, the yellow grass, dead grass, then I know we'll be in good shape and we'll be on our way to recovery. But I thought you'd enjoy that little, uh, y- that little yeah. Story. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to picture it in my head. <laughs> I'll take a picture and send it to you later. Yeah. You know, if you would have known that was going to happen, at least you could have wrote a word or something like help. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. I could have written something constructive into the yard. I think that would yes. be nice, but uh, it didn't, didn't happen that way. Unfortunately, just lots of cool streaks. Uh, in any event, a uh, good show on the way for you today. I should have called my my dad to come in and help out a little bit. He would have known what to do and probably wouldn't have made that mistake. Speaking of dad, we're going to talk about how uh, retirement these days is not your father's retirement. So that's on the agenda for today. We also have a question from Jerry later on in the show, who has two daughters in their mid-20s, wondering about wedding bells ringing for them coming up soon. 
and um, you know, kind of think, wondering how do you invest for wedding payments and that kind of thing. Um, so that should be an interesting conversation and something that's probably a little bit on your mind, Scott. I know your daughters are a little bit further away from maybe the wedding bells still happening, but um, yeah, not that much farther. But though. not that much farther. Yeah, there'll be something you'll be dealing with with three of them <laughs> coming up yes. at some point probably. Uh, so you'll be a good person to ask that question to. Uh, plus, we'll get to know Scott a little bit better with kind of a fun question for the week. But let's dive into our main topic today, Scott, without any further delay. Uh, if you are of the age that your mom and dad retired 20 or 30 years ago and kind of compared your situations, you would find that the world is a much different place than when they walked away from their paychecks. And that reverberates in a lot of different ways to how we prepare and execute our retirement plans nowadays. And so we want to look at some of those differences because, Scott, honestly, maybe the first place a lot of people look to before we dive into the differences would be, you know, what, what have those in my family done that have come before me? You know, what did mom and dad do? It's not an illogical place to look for advice and for how to kind of then model your own plan, right? Well, so anybody that's attended any of my college classes before, I talk pretty extensively uh, on the topic that this is not your father's or grandfather's retirement, because you have to remember, your father, grandfather, they usually just worked at one job their whole life, maybe two, and they got a pension. They didn't have to worry about saving their own money in a 401k or investing their own money. They retired, and they, they got this pension, and then they had Social Security, and they didn't live that long. I mean, the life expectancy of your father or grandfather was a lot less than it was today. And, you know, part of the reason we have problems with Social Security now, too, is that people are living longer and they're longer on Social Security. So there's big differences between that type of retirement and what we're experiencing today. All right. So not your father's retirement. Sounds like this is right up your alley, Scott. So uh, since it's something you've talked about before, so yep. none of this should be uh, earth shattering news to you, but I think it'll be helpful for our listeners. One big change is it used to be kind of taboo to work beyond the age of 65, maybe 20 or 30 years ago. But nowadays, not so much. You find a lot of people willingly wanting to work later into their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's for several different reasons. It might very well be for financial reasons that they're not able to retire at age 65. You know, but the fact, too, is that because people are living longer, you could very well be 30 plus years in your retirement if you retire earlier at 65. So, you know, sometimes people are healthier. You know, they don't want to be bored. They, they you know, they, they want to continue to work and be productive in their own minds. And, you know, a lot of times, too, people retire and they're like, oh, this kind of stinks, you know, and they go back to work part time or they do the, the you, know, you know, different things to work beyond age 65. So it's very, very common nowadays and kind of almost we're starting to see that Social Security has been creeping up the full retirement age on Social Security now it's 66 and some change, 67 if you're younger. There's rumblings they're going to push that out even farther because people are living longer. So that means people might very well be working to 67, 68, 69 to get full Social Security before they actually retire. So it's more and more common nowadays than you know I've seen it in my 28 years of doing this. Yeah, it's a great point. And it just gives people a lot of flexibility when you can work a little bit longer, save a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's a positive development. Yet there's still plenty of people who don't want to work past 65 or even to 65. 
Um, you know, and that, that's just another conversation. But definitely one of the big differences has been that lifting of the veil of you must be retired by 65. It's just not really that way anymore. Right. Uh, something else I think worth talking about, Scott, is how being retired might be more expensive <laughs> than, than working, uh, meaning you're spending more money in retirement than you were during your working years. 20 to 30 years ago, that was definitely not the case. Right. No, absolutely. And uh, I think it, it's kind of a combination of, of several different things, but you know, people are healthier, they're living longer, and they're, can, they're doing more things. And when you do more things, you spend more money. You know, it used to be there'd be you know a decrease. We'd we'd always count in a little bit of a decrease uh, to when you retire that because you won't be driving to work every day, you won't have to buy clothes as often, and and different expenses went down. Maybe you weren't buying lunch at work, but I, we don't do that anymore. When we run a financial plan, we run it at exactly what your lifestyle is now. Uh, you know, for several reasons, we want to be more conservative when when we run those numbers anyway. But you know, people are are just doing more stuff and they're spending more money in retirement. And you know, like I said, kind of mentioned before, is that you know because people are also more responsible for their own retirement compared to their father's retirement, where they had a fixed income and a pension, and and you know, fixed Social Security. You know, now, if you've saved properly, you've got more flexibility. You can spend more and you can do more in your retirement than having that fixed income that your father or grandfather had in retirement. Lots of little differences between 20 and 30 years ago, how people retired versus today. And those differences have big implications. Another area where we see this, Scott, retirees today often have a lot more problems to juggle than previous generations of retirees. Now, that one might be debated by folks of 20 and 30 years ago, because back then they had to work 50, walk 15 miles in the snow both ways to their job and school and, you know, to the, uh, you know, the, to the retirement activities that they were doing. Hey, I tell my kids I had to do that when I was a kid, right. too. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Things are much more complicated. And, and the first thing I want to point out is if I go back to that now you are responsible for saving your own money. Your father, your grandfather, they didn't have to worry about investing or doing any of this stuff in their retirement. They had that fixed income, and they worked their budget around it, and they were good to go. Now, you have to worry about your 401k, your savings. How do you invest it? Is the economy going to slow? Is the market going to drop? So you got all those factors in there that all play into your income and your retirement and the things that you're going to need to deal with. And Another thing's healthcare. Healthcare costs have risen dramatically. They've it, it's a healthcare's advanced dramatically too. There's a lot more options than we had 20, 30 years ago. But you know those costs have gone up too. So that's something people need to consider. Plus, you're living longer, so you're going to have healthcare expenses for longer. And then you know the other thing to think about too is that you know nursing homes are becoming much much more prevalent too, for retirees, because again, we're living longer. Our bodies are holding up, but maybe our minds aren't as strong as they were before. And maybe mom or dad needs to go into a facility of some sort. So, you know, that is happening much more often than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Healthcare is more expensive than it was 20, 30 years ago. And now you need to worry about your, uh, 
you know, where you're going to be getting your income from and managing your investments. And another thing I'll throw in there too is now taxes are a much more bigger issue. And that, that, you know, we know that everybody that's heard this podcast before, you know, I'm a, I think that help, uh, taxes are going to be going up in the future because the government's simply going to need money, you know, politics aside, we simply are just going to need more money. So, you know, that's something else now that retirees need to consider is minimizing their taxes in retirement. Again, you know, when you just have a pension, Social Security, you're paying what you're paying. I mean, that's it. It's another great point, Scott, and another reason why, you know, it's not to say, oh, people have it so much tougher these days, but if you're retired longer and uh, we just have a lot more, you mentioned, I think, the key word, complicated. Things are just more complicated to retire these days. Mm-hmm feel like maybe just saying we got more problems is, you know, maybe that's not the best way to couch it, but definitely more complicated. And so I think that's a wise word to use there. All right, Scott, one more point to make here, how retirement, eh, it's not your father's retirement. 20, 30 years ago, things were a lot different. And today, retirement portfolios need to be designed to fund expenses for, ding, 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 we hit it a few moments ago, a lot longer. People are just staying retired for so many years. I mean, nobody was putting together a plan that would last for 30 years, back 20 or 30 years ago. No, it was easy to do planning when you retired at age 65 and, and you passed away at age 73. You didn't have to fund for that long. But now, yeah, I mean, people are living way into their 90s now, and we need to fund for a longer time. And like I mentioned before, we don't have those pensions, so now it's going to be on us to make sure that we fund for retirement. And, you know, when we run our financial plans for people, we run them out into their mid-90s, uh, unless for some reason somebody says, hey, you know what, you know, I'm only going to live for X amount of years, and that very, very seldomly happens. We, we're running them out to the mid-90s, increase inflation in there, get a properly designed portfolio to minimize from drops. So yeah, when you're investing now for a longer term, it's more complicated because if you only had to fund your retirement for, you know, eight years, 10 years, you could get very much income generated oriented 100% portfolio that would just generate out enough income for you and you wouldn't have to worry about it. But now when you're talking 30 years, now we got to worry about growing that money too. Because if inflation's at three, four, maybe even 5% for a few years, those costs and your lifestyle costs are going to go up and up and up and up. So we're going to grow that portfolio above that and provide income for you. So it's a, just a totally different philosophy now than it used to be before. Hopefully that's helpful information for you on today's show. If you were modeling your future retirement off of maybe some of the principles that your parents retired off of or maybe what they went through back in the day, that is not necessarily going to carry you through successfully to and through retirement in today's world. Uh, Got to make some adjustments. Things are certainly different now. And so if you have questions about this, how you can properly prepare for today's retirement and not what retirement looked like many, many years ago, I mean, even just five, 10 years ago, retirement's already a totally different story. Pick up the phone, give Scott a call if you have any questions. 888-742-0111 is the number. 888-742-0111. Or you can find Scott online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. And uh, you can also schedule a free consultation with Scott and the team 
at talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. He has more than 20 years of experience, if you're new to the show and don't know, uh, helping people get to and through retirement successfully. So get in touch. Go to talktoscott.com to schedule a free consultation or give a call. And we'll put that contact information in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find and check out. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And uh, my question for you, Scott, what is an era of your life where you were the coolest? Wait, wait, Walter. Is this a trick question? No, because not a trick question. I, there, I don't think there was an era of my life in which I was not cool. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I don't think there was ever an area where I was cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's a toughie. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it depends who you ask. But I, I would that, say that's probably be true, and still have a spot where you were the coolest. So right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I would say my college years, I was probably the coolest. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, yeah. I mean, I was just cool. I would have to go with the college years. You know, okay. I. I uh, You'd have to reveal some details to us that you're not willing to reveal on the podcast to define your coolness. Is that what we're getting at here? (laughs) Well, I don't know if I can actually nail down a few things that made me cool. Okay. I I was just simply just cool. You were confident. You felt good. Yes. Had had good people around you, and it was just, you know, a happy time in life that you felt cool. Good group of guys I hung out with. and Yeah. I'm on board with that. I'd go with high school. Uh, I'd say uh, junior and then especially senior year of high school, I was probably my coolest. It would be senior senior year of high school for me. So, so in other words, you peaked early. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, in college. You know, I, I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. So it just was a different college experience than maybe what most people have. And I was very focused mm-hmm. on work. I mean, I moved into the dorm and literally said bye to my folks and then said goodbye to my roommates because I headed to work uh, that, that same day and went and started broadcast and went to broadcasting a, a football game that night. So I, I ended up working much more than I actually did college stuff. So that could have made me cool because I was like doing broadcasts and I got to go to UNC yeah. basketball games and cover the games while all the other students weren't even able to get access to the game. I mean, I was right. able to see Carolina Duke Gaines courtside because I was covering them for various events. So there was an element of coolness there, but it was also like too adult already for being in college, you know, like <laughs> was, right, right. that made it also kind of, uh, kind of nerdy, I guess, in a way. So it definitely wasn't the coolest in college, but senior year, I was, I was definitely in, in peak, peak mode in senior year of high school. So I'll go, I'll go with that for my answer. I, I like just passed it. the baton to you in college is what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I, I guess I kind of peaked early too, but at least later than you. <laughs> yeah, we, aren't we supposed to say we're really cool now because we're doing a podcast? You have a podcast. That's that's just cool right there. See, and you know, that's why I'm saying I don't know if there's ever time I wasn't cool. It's just levels of coolness. Levels of coolness. I like yes. it. All right, we're both on board with that. There you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better. Always cool. When you're on Scott time, you're always cool. That's the way to look at it. All right, time to answer one of your questions. I bet we got a cool question to cover on today's show. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, our listener question this week comes to us from Jerry. And Jerry says, we have two daughters in their mid-20s and we will probably be paying for weddings for both of them soon. 
What's a good way to invest money for an expense like this? We'll probably need it relatively soon, but we just don't know exactly when. Well, Jerry, first of all, thanks for uh, submitting your question to the Retirement Cool Box podcast. Oh, but, uh, we're going to have a show name change, aren't we? The Retirement Cool Box. We totally <laughs> missed a great opportunity. Uh, but you know what, Jerry? This is something I, I, very similar to my situation. I've My daughters are in their early 20s. And yeah, they're probably going to be getting married soon. And uh, one of the things that you said in there that popped out was relatively soon. So when you're investing money, when you take risk, you have to prepare to have fluctuations over the longer term. So if we're looking at relatively soon, you need to keep that money more conservative. Now, I'm not just saying stick it in the bank and collect dust because you know the bank doesn't you know, provide much uh, return for us at all right now. But a very conservative portfolio made up of a lot of fixed income that you can start contributing to and, and you know, take what you've already saved get it growing a little bit, don't take a ton of risk with it, and then start to add to that and get that portfolio growing more around that, you know, maybe 4 or 5% area without having to take a tremendous amount of risk. And I think that that's the best direction you want to go. And I have clients come here all the time, not necessarily for weddings, but I just had a client the other day, they sold a house. They say, hey, you know what? We're not going to buy a house for a couple of years. They're moving to another part of the country. They're going out to uh, Connecticut. But they said, hey, you know, we, we want this money for that. So I said, okay. So that is an example where I use a very conservative portfolio, give us kind of that 4% growth rate. We're not exposed to the markets a lot. We can certainly grow better than the banks, but yet we don't have to have those big, huge stock market swings. It's key, it's important, and uh, definitely, I think, worth considering there, Jerry. I think you could really just replace this question. It doesn't really matter what the use is. It's just, hey, how do I invest money that's on a short timeline? You know, Exactly. Three, exactly. four, five years, maybe something along those lines. And that is sort of that weird intermediate level of saving that is tougher for folks, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you can, you know, longer term, 10, 20 years, you can have equities and you can handle the peaks and valleys and all the volatility that comes along with it. And obviously, you know, super short-term money you have available in the bank. You can withdraw it and use it as you see fit. But it's you're right, it's that little intermediate stage there that starts becoming a little bit more difficult. You can't go to the equities on the aggressive side. You don't want to keep it in the bank on the conservative side. So you got to find something that's just about you know, a little bit of a step up from what you get into the banks without getting taking too much risk. Jerry, great question. Thank you for submitting that one to us today. And again, if you have any questions about that or something else in your financial life, and for anybody listening to the program today, if you've got questions about finances, retirement, reach out to Scott. Don't hesitate. Call 888-742-0111 or go to talktoscott.com to schedule a time to meet for your free consultation. That's talktoscott.com. And there's contact information in the show notes of today's show. So just check that for any necessary links and the phone number. Scott, thanks for the help. You, you, you've been too busy. Haven't watched you know a lot of movies and TV shows lately. So we're going to uh, skip that segment again. We got to get you back in front of the TV as, as terrible as that sounds so that we can <laughs> make sure that this segment happens each week, each uh, episode. But we'll let you off the hook again for another episode or two and then get back in front of the tube, okay? 
Yeah, I appreciate it. I can I can find some more TV time. I mean, why why would I want to be outside enjoying outdoors when That's I can right. I can I can sit inside and watch TV? I'm going to force you to turn it into the book segment if you're not careful. So, well, then then we'll just never have anything because I <laughs> read very little. One a year, one one book segment a year. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. More uh, more coming up next time. We will join you on the Retirement Toolbox for a great conversation. I can actually tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be going over common sense in the financial world and how it's not actually that common. Um, we'll, we'll explain more on the next episode of the Retirement Toolbox. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. Join us again next time we come around. New episodes a couple times each month. We'll see you soon. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.